Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beers, a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Vince, it's season four once again. We're going international. Let's just get it out of the way. International. But where the heck are we going? Mm, China? No. Mm, Russia? Mm, think, think more our side of the globe. More our side. Greenland. Uh, no, we go back the other way. Oh, okay. Spain? Oh, you're on fire. Oh, it must be France then. Oh, no. Vince, it's <laughs> oh, Portugal. Oh, the little country that everyone forgets about. Yeah, except during the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's pretty much the only and time. And if you're a soccer fan. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to Portugal once again. Our our booster of the year, our Brewster of the year, uh, yep. John Marcisson was the man who made this all happen. Uh, big thanks to him again. Uh, what we have today are two of the most popular brews in all of the country. For those who remember our wonderful episode on Fiji... We are doing more than one beer during this, and we're going to do them both at the same time. So a little bit of a twist on our format, and I think that we're just going to drink them one at a time, right, Vince? Well, you know what? Let's let's do it side by side. We got a couple glasses. Okay. So let's crack them both. Why don't we do this? We'll crack them both. Uh, the beers are... Sagris. And Superbock. <laughs> Superbock. <laughs> yeah. Portuguese. I don't speak it. I do speak a little Spanish, and then I know it's similar, but... Here we go, folks. Oh, we should look up. How do you say cheers in... Uh, uh, I did look it up, yeah. and I already forgot it. In so, Portuguese. Uh, cheers in Portuguese. Saúde. 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 Sauda. All right. Sauda. Cheers. Double cheers. We're going to do that one in English. All right. I'm going to try Sagris. Interesting. Okay. That one's giving me a bit of a Stella vibe. Mm-hmm. Super Bach. Oh. Oh. Whew. Oh, interesting. That okay. same, that's almost tastes exactly the same. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I get yeah. some big differences here. What, what was your initial... Uh, Sagres is very, like you said, Stella. Like, I was waiting for Superbach to be more of like a Miller, but it's almost more of like a Heineken to me. Let me give it another another go. Yeah, it's not it's not as skunky. And you'll you'll um, you'll hear that we are, you know, talking about some macro brews here. That's what we're dealing with. These are the macro brews of Portugal. That's right. I mean, I guess I can kick it off a bit with with Sagres. Which is from the brewery called Central de Cervejas, otherwise known as Beer Central. This is a, a Branca, which is what they call a lager. It's 5%. It's really light and easy going. This was actually the first Portuguese brand uh, to launch a mini version of the bottle because it was so successful. Now, the name Sagris is derived from the Portuguese word Sagrado, meaning holy uh, it's been around since the ancient days of Greece, and those 
Ancient civilizations believed that Sagris was the ideal gathering place for the gods due to the absence of humans. Oh, really? So Sagris yes. is the is the gathering place. Yeah, it's so, like where the gods go to party. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I like, yeah. Wow, that's that is quite the leap for a beer. Oh, yes, my God. <laughs> for a beer made in Portugal. Yeah, and um, Central de Cervejas was established in 1934 in the town of Vila Longa, Portugal. Which is a small small town of about twenty one thousand people. Um, I'm not going to go over the whole thing, but this has been around for you know almost a full century. They are a massive company within Portugal. They've been reacquired a couple times. In 2000, they basically went public, the equivalent of going public in Portugal. What is there a Portuguese stock exchange? A PSE? <laughs> uh, apparently, a group of Portuguese investors who are running the company, they were they got some people involved from Newcastle. So that's the other oh, thing okay. that, that I learned. Um, but yes, you said it best. This is one of the big dogs in Portugal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Superbock? Superbock is from hails from the Superbock Group Brewery. <laughs> so this bad boy has been bastardized. It has also been around for nearly a hundred years. Here, 1927 uh, is when the brand was born. Launched as a winter beer, actually. It is currently the number one beer in all of Portugal. The most popular. So that it does have that going for it. And, you know, it's one of these that, you know, they tend to be very, very... They, they put a whole timeline together, right? So uh, 1942, in the midst of World War II, Superbach is produced entirely with national malt due to navigation difficulties. But uh, there's a couple of fun ones in here. One of which is they, in 1995, they were the first Portuguese brand to name a festival and they named it the Superbach Super Rock. Love it. Which is great. Uh, and then the last thing that I'll lay out here, they marked their 90th anniversary with a new advertising campaign in 2017, which commemorate, uh, which also had a commemorative beer recreating the iconic bottle of the 60s and a series of activations throughout the year with signature 90 years of making friends. Their whole deal is making friends. It's... They are the Budweiser of Portugal. Have a beer with a Bud. So follow me on this. Um, Sagris, which is inspired by the idea of deities excluding themselves from the presence of humans to have a good time. Superbach, which is about everybody making buddies and being inclusive. Is it possible that these uh, ideologies are at odds with one another, Vince? It is. It's entirely possible. I, I mean, just looking at the bottles here, Sagres has that, it just has an air to it. It feels like it wants to belong to an upper crust. Superbach is like, hey, I'm here to party. I mean, I don't know how we can avoid talking about another famous Portuguese rivalry. Cristiano Ronaldo is the most famous man from Portugal, and infamously, he has a long-running feud with Lionel Messi. Yeah. And yes. there's a lot of people that are torn about who the greatest player of all time is in, in the history of soccer. And here's what's wild, is it seems like we have excluded, I don't know a ton about soccer, but I can order a meal in the beautiful game. 
And it seems like we're forgetting a little bit, a bit about Pele, right? We're throwing mm-hmm. that. What about Mar- Maradona was yep. in there, right? Throw these guys all Bend out. Bend it like Beckham. I just actually, I recently watched that documentary that they had on Netflix. I heard about it, yeah. Very interesting. He's become so enamored. And this does tie in because I feel like Cristiano Ronaldo is similar to a lesser degree. But Beckham was became so entwined with... Victoria and the tabloids that I didn't know if he was actually a good soccer player. I had no concept of it. And watching this you know, documentary, it brought a lot of that to light and how special he was. And I feel like Ronaldo is kind of in that he's, he's flirting with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's never had a, a girlfriend or wife as famous as posh no. Victoria Beckham spice. But I think that, and from my layman's understanding of soccer, like the way it's divided up is like so: you got Cristiano Ronaldo is the pretty boy. He's super into fashion. He's super into his look. He's aggressive on the field. He scores a lot. He's all about himself, right? He's flash. He's all flashy, right? Then you've got Messi. Literally, his last name suggests that he's unkempt and he's not as handsome. He's not as athletic. He's not as tall, but on the field, he's just magnificent. And he's all about winning and his teammates. And he's been enormously successful. I mean, they've both been enormously successful. But um, it seems like you kind of have to pick one or the other if you're one of these diehard soccer people, right? And what I do like about these two beers, and I'm saying this as I think I'm going to take, take them in the glass here. I'm yeah. A twofer. We'll take them both in the me glass. Me too. Don't, don't ask me to say that in Portuguese, by the way. <laughs> I definitely can't. But I think what I am enjoying about these two is that they are very different. Like, you can taste the difference. And I think that's something that's lacking in a lot of American macros. Yeah, I don't know if I taste as much of a difference, but I, I'm i getting a, a distinct brand delineation. Yeah. That's starting to pour in a little bit more metaphorically for me. So well, okay. So when you think Portugal, and I'll I'll have a quick little swig. Yep. This I'm drinking Super Bach out of the glass right now. That's interesting. I was drinking Sagres out of the glass, and it tastes. They look very similar, but it tastes more like one of our American macros out of the glass. Yeah. Oh it's, wow! It's I like a, Super Bach better out of the glass. It's a lot less skunky out of the glass for Sagres. Yeah, it really is. Skunky's the right terminology, and they are far more similar out of the glass, but I do think Superbach takes the cake for me. Uh, but you're asking me about Portugal. Yeah. What What do you think about when you think Portugal? Well, have you been? I've never been. Is it on the list? It's definitely on my list. Okay. I'd like to go. Have you well, been? Yes, I, I have. Why don't you tell us about your experience there? Uh, it, it was a good time. We went for my parents... 60th birthday it was a gift for them and i spent a few days down in lisbon and then the majority was porto and then the uh the douro valley which is great wine all the ports and all that Mm -hmm. at some point when i was in porto i realized that they had like a little bottle shop and so they've got a little bit of a craft brew scene going over there superbach actually originates from a basically a subdivision of porto just outside there and overall, really beautiful, really a, a great time. You're kind of by the sea constantly, so it's got those San Francisco vibes. It's got a little bit of you know history on top of it. I, just overall, I 
it's not somewhere that I would have thought to go because it's one of the smaller European places, but it's really got a lot of buzz around it starting from the from tourists. Like it's picking up quite a bit. So it's only a population of about 10.3 million. Yeah, it's a little guy. So, you know, I feel like it's a country that you hear a lot more about than you really think about, if that makes sense. And I brought up the World Cup. Yeah. Um, pretty much that's my main experience thinking about Portugal whenever that event happens. You know, I've heard about people going anecdotally. I know it's like really big on fishing. And mo- most recently, I've, I've gone really deep on the surfing community yeah. there yeah the- 100 foot wave which is maybe my favorite documentary series ever i'm obsessed with it yeah i have to check out the second season of it yeah the season two was fucking great and it got renewed for a third okay so they're yeah they're yeah, really they're, going for it i mean like i think just to briefly recap it's about what's his name mcnamara it, is it jerry God, no. Cade? <laughs> it's not Jerry. Cade Jer- McNamara? Jerry fucking McNamara? We wouldn't have won 10 games without Jerry fucking McNamara. Yeah, uh, Garrett. <laughs> Garrett. Garrett McNamara. I was so close to you. You were close. <laughs> Closer than me. Yeah, so Garrett McNamara, he, about 13 years ago, discovered Nazare, Portugal, which is a legendary surfing spot where they literally have 100-foot waves that peak at this one corner of this incredibly dangerous rock bed of an island just to clarify on yeah. that this was always been a place to surf or it's always sort of- it's always been a place to surf but he basically found out about it and was like why aren't more people like in like spending time here because no one was really trying to like surf these giant waves the yeah. ones that i'm talking about because it only it really only happens during like the fall Mm-hmm. And so then he was like, I'm going to invest my time and effort to like study this and figure it out and learn how to surf it so that I can break world records. Cause that's what these guys do. They look for literally the biggest waves they can surf. And so then long story short, he's built this community over the last 10 to 15 years of surfers that literally risk their life to try to catch one of these things and it is one of the most riveting pieces of filmmaking that I've ever seen. It's wild. They have to be towed out by sea dudes and just you get an appreciation for the fact that this is not just like a boneheaded thrill seek. Yeah, because like I'm not saying that surfing isn't hard in regular circumstances, but like there's a huge difference literally and metaphorically between big wave surfing and the surfing that you're probably used to seeing like in movies and shit. And these guys like dedicate their whole life to doing it. And it's, it's not very glamorous outside of when they happen to catch one, but it's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, it is. And these guys do a lot of calculations, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what he did. They go through the whole thing. If you get a chance, check it out. Yeah. Really, really good. Aside from just that, I mean, truthfully, I don't, most of the knowledge I have about Portugal is through people that are from there. Like you talked about your boy Vasco da Gama. Uh, dude. Okay. I'm glad we're getting into this <laughs> yeah. because quite frankly, it is unbelievable to me that this little speck of a nation was such a player on a global scale back in like the 1600s. Yeah. I mean, they, they explored the world. It's not, and they, they, Portuguese in Brazil. 
Yeah, they think about how much there. bigger like it's, Brazil is than Portugal. It's insane to me, and it it what that speaks to in my mind is this small country deciding that we aren't going to win any wars, we aren't going to expand on the land. Let's go explore and find some quote unquote unclaimed land. And expand our empire that way. And it's really, really smart. It's very tactical. That's pretty much what Garrett McNamara did as well. He was like, no one's touching this area. I'm going to make it my own. Yeah. Except they did that in the 1600s with with nothing but their intuition. It's crazy. I mean, that to me is the craziest craziest success story from a world, like a world traveling standpoint. Just that they were as successful as they were. I think the other one that gets me a little bit is like the Dutch. The Dutch were pretty good about it, but they went right. to Africa. That's not as... Yeah, I mean, you're talking about charting, literally charting maps, and people thought they were going to fall off the world because they thought it was flat. I, I agree, <laughs> That's, yeah. It takes some balls to be like, I'm going on this journey, and I don't know if I'm ever going to come back. But here's what I want to talk about for a minute as we step away from the journey and what Portugal is, we keep having these macro beers. And I am curious what you think, because I know there's not a lot of research that we've done on this portion of it, but I'm curious what you think about the idea of a craft brewing scene in a country like Portugal. Do we think that it is, like, do we think that it's relatively new in the same way that, you know, Fiji, like Fiji, it made sense that they wouldn't have a lot of craft brews because it's still a nascent beer country. But this one's got some legs. Yeah, I mean, I think that for a country with as long of a history as Portugal, I'm a little surprised that they haven't been doing this for longer. Yeah. But maybe as a country, they were so focused on expansion and taking their culture elsewhere that they didn't really stop to smell the roses in their own tiny little nation Ah, from a beer perspective. And like, I think to me, if I had to summarize in a really dumb way, why craft beer has exploded in this country, uh, it's because that we're in like the late stage maturity of our history. And it's like having like a big craft beer scene in your city, in your state, sort of a sign that like you have really settled into like permanent maturation. Okay. That so that's fair? that's a fair point. What I I want to take it a step further cuz something just occurred to me. These guys aren't alcohol noobs, okay? No, <laughs> that, got, I know that. They're, they're they're very famous for their port wine. Like they they have that ingenuity, but it's not beer. But here's what I'm thinking, is there a country that produces as much of the raw materials needed for beer. We're talking the corn, you know. Um, I guess in some cases the rice, right? The barley, all of these. Like we have, we have to have one of the top two productions of those materials. Yeah, I mean, if like, someone's higher than us, I don't know who it is for yeah. us. Whereas that may not be the case in some others. I'm wondering if that's. The deal. I think that we would have to ask a, a true historian, a history teacher about this. And I'm not that person, Vince, and n- neither are you. Whoa. I'm, I'm much Whoa. better at... Whoa. You don't know me. You don't think I know you after all this time? <laughs> as far as you know, <laughs> I've been taking courses on University of Phoenix to become a teacher. 
Your por- your Roman Empire is Portuguese beer history. <laughs> yeah, I think about it at least once a day. <laughs> how often, hun? How often do you think about Portuguese beer history? I just thought about it yesterday. Every day. <laughs> Aqueducts. Yeah, uh, I want to point out a couple other famous Portu- Portuguese. We talked about Ronaldo and, and Vasco da Gama, but we haven't talked about uh, our boy Sean Mendes. Dude, that is he's Canadian. In my mind, you know? His dad is, just to be clear, his dad is from Portugal. So that's okay. how the connection there. That does That's a pretty big stretch to me is to say that he's Portuguese. Right, yeah. I mean, that, well, I, eh, that's, yeah, that is. Um, how about Nelly Furtado? You got a lot of Nelly Furtado memories? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Do you remember what her big hit was? Uh, she did I'm Like a Bird, right? Yep. And then... Uh, promiscuous yes like she disappeared for a minute there yeah she she was kind of like the her home nation in a way that she had a really big blip for a short amount of time in the cultural scene i don't know that portugal's stamp on pop culture is all that big no it it really isn't like they're an important part of global history as we've outlined in great detail but like we even just trying to figure out what movies are set in portugal there's not a lot. No, no, I I agree. Yeah, I, I guess like their imprint is almost more felt through Brazil, right, than yeah. anything else. But you would never compare their culture to the cult- culture of Brazil. No, it's it's established its own. They speak the same language. They just but all still, they do is speak the same language. I mean, yeah. listen, the next Fast and the Furious movie, maybe it needs to show up in Portugal. <laughs> that way, they can do the Portuguese doubleheader. Familia. <laughs> oh man, Vince, I think I'm ready to give this a score. What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready to give them both scores and I'm ready to pick a favorite and a winner. And I'm curious if we're going to have the same winner. Okay, so I'm going to go, I'm going to start with by ranking Sagris. Uh, I've enjoyed this one. I think I'm going to give it a 3.25 out of 5 Toms. It's a solid beer. Like I said, it reminded me immediately of Stella. Nothing really dissuaded me from that take. Now, Superbach, on the other hand, I think that it's a tad better. I'm going to give that a 3.5 out of 5 toms. And for both, I will say that I imagine myself on a Portuguese vacation one day after a long flight and just absolutely guzzling down both of these because they seem like that type of product. Well, you hit the nail on the head, and I thought we might have a difference there. I thought you might take Sagres if you could. Um, I'm going to go ahead and drop Sagres at a 3.25, and then I'm going to give Superbach a nice fat 3.5 out of 5. It is the superior beer. It makes sense why. To me, it is the most popular in its home nation. Uh, across the board here, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by what I've tasted, uh, just like I was pleasantly surprised by... Portugal history. So thank you, John. Uh, thank you, Portugal. And I already forgot again. What... And thank you, Ronaldo. Thank you, Garrett McNamara. <laughs> yeah. Now it sounds like we're at the Oscars, but in Portugal, we're just thanking random people that have been there. And thank you guys for checking us out. If you want to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we would greatly appreciate that. Give us a follow on social media as well, especially our new Portugal listeners. Hello. Yo. Uh, But until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear eyes, full cans. Must booze. See ya in Portugal.